Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. Hello, football fans, and welcome back in once again to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. This is episode two of the 2021 season. We are here to discuss the preseason games we just saw, as well as the first week of the regular season. I, of course, am Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, here with my two co-hosts for the season, Mr. Dustin Levy of the Fort Myers News Press and Mr. Alex Martin of the Naples Daily News. Sorry, it took me a minute to remember, Alex, because I know you write for both properties. Since I'm looking at you, I'll talk with you, man. How you been? How was your first week? Doing good. Uh, It was good to be um, covering North Fort Myers, one of the top teams in the area, just kind of getting a feel um, for what that team has to offer this season with all the new pieces, um, you know, some moving parts here and there. But all in all, it was just it was good to see them and good to have high school football back. It was good, and I was going to ask you that. I mean, it felt like we were back to normal, quote-unquote normal. Um, I know, obviously, there is still a global pandemic going on, but it felt more like a regular Friday night, full crowds, Full bands. Dustin, this was your first football Friday in Florida. First real one. I know you covered some spring games, but we won't count those. But what did you think of your first experience of Southwest Florida football? So I think it was really fitting that uh, my introduction to Florida football came with a 30-minute lightning delay. That's right. (laughs) Uh, But otherwise, it was good. It was exciting. It was good to get out there. I will be happy to leave the Jamboree format behind. Uh, With a name like Jamboree, you'd think it'd be a little more fun. But I'll be happy to get into the high-stakes football uh, coming into this week. Yeah, the preseason was a little unique this year because there were a couple games where it was a three-team jamboree, where Team A and Team B play for half, then Team B and Team C play, then Team A and Team C. Because of, I I believe, because of some COVID cancellations, some teams had to quarantine, and hopefully we don't see a lot of that this year. So you're going to get back to real football in Week 1. But first, let's talk about what we saw in the preseason. Some I don't know if there were many... Super surprising results. Maybe the, the the score differential was surprising in some of the games, including my game, which we'll talk about in a minute. But first, Dustin, tell me uh, just what stood out to you as you maybe from your game you were at or just going through the scores on Friday night, just what stood out in the preseason? So something that stood out to me, um, I, I saw Fort Myers play in Jamboree in the spring, and I, I saw them play Cape Coral and Baker. Um, they went 0-2 in the spring. They went 2-0 last Friday. But the one thing consistent in those two games is that uh, their running game didn't really show up, and uh, from talking with you guys, from talking with Coach, that that's uh, not really how Fort Myers usually plays. They, they kind of won those games off big explosive plays. Um, they like to uh, grind out games, uh, run the ball uh, heavily, um, but that wasn't the case, and uh, Coach Sirianni is going to want to fix that. But it sounds like they have a weapon that kind of is conducive to that, and Mr. Greg Delane had himself a day, huh? Oh, yeah. On paper, he was the player I, I was kind of looking at. Like, he, he should have been the one to, to stand out in China, and he totally did. He, he scored two touchdowns, one 15 yards, one 70 yards, uh, and he, he took a, an interception back 50 yards for a touchdown. He was, and, you know, I, I did his big 15 entry. He, he was a player. They talked about his unique skill set, um, his size, um, his speed. Uh, what kind of uh, stood out to me was he, really physical player. You know, he he will hit. Yeah, he's definitely uh, a player in Fort Myers that uh, I, I enjoyed watching. So watch for big things from him. Alex, tell us about your preseason, or actually same question. I asked Dustin, just what stood out as you were looking over those uh, scores from the preseason? Well, overall, start with North Fort Myers. Um, 
in the first quarter, I think it was clear that they looked like a team that was coming off a COVID pause. Uh, I noticed uh, the coach Chris Snedden mentioned, you know, to a coach, be frustrated, but understand it's six days that we've been practicing, and only one of them was outside. Uh, it, they had three holding penalties, two of which were on the opening drive. They had a pair of delay of games on the opening drive. And then from there, they compiled double-digit penalties. But, you know, Bo Somerset looked the part. Easy transition for him. Two, uh, three touchdowns, one pick on defense. That team, once they got a couple drives under their belt, they looked like a forced to be reckoned with in the area. Yeah, and that's one thing I wrote down is the transfers. Bo Somerset did really well well for North Fort Myers. Scotty Olian from uh, Bishop Vareau had a late, what, 82-yard touchdown run? Is that right? Uh, Scotty, yeah, Scotty was at Vareau. Um, now he's at North. He had a 50-something-yard touchdown run midway through the game. He finished with 82 yards on his birthday. Happy uh, belated, gotcha. by the yeah. way. But t- also Tyler Coleman was over 100 yards and a touchdown. He was another transfer to watch. Kelton Henderson had a pair. A lot of the transfers that we um, mentioned in our list last week, you know, really showed up in the preseason. Yeah, and you got two of them right there at North. I want to go back to something you mentioned kind of off the cuff. Um, North Fort Myers coach Chris Snedden is not the head coach as far as I know. Was Dwayne Mack not at this game? That is correct. Dwayne Mack is not at the game. Um, We were made aware of this, you know, about three, four weeks ago. Um, we have not received comment yet from the school district. It's been a three weeks since it, our inquiry. We've requested three times, um, have heard nothing back, but we hope to get you some news on that at some point this week. Yeah, so those are the facts. That's what we know. Dwayne Mack was not there, uh, not coaching his team. We have not heard uh, from the school district or the FHSAA, I believe. So if you're wondering why there hasn't been a story, that is why. So let's move on to me and Collier County. I was actually at a good clash of Collier and Lee County teams in Naples and Lehigh, and it was not good. I was stunned at how lopsided this score was. Naples beat Lehigh 44-6, to and I, I think it's, you know, I, I don't want to be accused of being a Naples homer once again, but they looked so good despite being so new. They have one new guy on their offensive line. Nobody knew on their defensive line. And Lehigh had some success early running with Richard Young back there. He looked, he looked good um, in spurts, but he went out for a little bit, and he didn't play the fourth quarter because it's the preseason. But Naples, man, they rushed for 386 yards. They only threw the ball one time. Um, they, they just pounded. And Naples is, once again, going to be Naples. Based on what you saw with Richard in that first quarter there, um, finished with 87 yards on 13 carries. What do you think that game does for him moving forward? And, you know, what what can we expect to see from him given, you know, you're the only guy who's seen him so far this fall? Well, I, th- I think it is a good sign. Like I said, in the first quarter, I think he had over 50 yards. And then he set out a little bit in the second quarter. I think he got a bit banged up, but he did come back in and they didn't play it all in the fourth quarter. So he did have some success. Naples did make some adjustment, adjustments. But as we see every year, Naples is one of the top defenses in the area. They were all over Lehigh. Lehigh was using two quarterbacks, kind of platooning them to see who they're going to go with. One of those uh, was a transfer. Daryl Hodge, is that the name? Am I getting that Correct. right? Yes. I, I should have known that since I was at the game covering it. But, you know, my brain doesn't work so well sometimes. He started for him, transferred from Miami Central, and Naples, you know, forced him into fumbles and interceptions. Next, they had a freshman come in and play the entire second half. Same thing, Naples was just all over him. So what I'm saying is Naples has a great defense once again, and Richard Young had some success against that defense, so I think it bodes well for him. Dustin, anything else stand out as you were reviewing the scores? Well, something I was looking at is how Bishop Rowe turned around from getting their game canceled with Riverdale. 
Uh, they turned around, joined a jamboree with Baron Collier and Charlotte, and beat them both. I'm sure those players were, were ready to play a game on Friday night um, to kind of respond to a little bit of adversity like that. You know, something to watch for. Yeah, Bishop Rowe in recent years has really, they've had a ton of offensive skill guys, but it's always been about the defense. They've had a nasty defense. And to beat Baron Collier and Charlotte, two of the older programs in the area, usually have success. I was stunned by that, even though it was just one half against each, but that, that kind of kind of surprised me. Yeah, and also one transfer I forgot to mention, Barry White against Cypress Lake. Another yes. two touchdowns for him. But also Gateway Gateway actually hanging tough for yep. 47 and a half minutes before you know a late touchdown from the Tritons put them over the edge. I think if we were to put Gateway and Benita Springs, the two newest programs, side by side, I think Gateway is actually a little bit ahead of Benita Springs in that regard, and I think they'll actually be somewhat competitive in the game. No, I agree. Uh, sorry to step on you there, but Gateway played Mariner, and Mariner is a what 5A, 6A school. Do you remember which one they're in? I believe 5A. 5A. So, but a big public school. And in the spring, Gateway High played, um, I believe, a private school, and they may have won, but it was low scoring. But, yeah, to, to come within a touchdown and a last-second touchdown loss to a team like Mariner. And a Mariner, obviously, is not the class of Southwest Florida, but they're a solid, established program. That bodes very well for Gateway High. One thing I like, too, were, uh, when I was looking at the uh, Collier County scores, uh, Gulf Coast. I saw they were down 17 nothing to Laley. I thought, hey, you know, Laley – their coach, J.J. Everidge, told me they're going to have a fast defense this year, so that doesn't surprise me. Next thing I know, they win 35 to nothing. So Gulf Coast rips off five straight touchdowns and beats Laley. And one thing that I noticed in all the, you know, the games that we covered, endurance and conditioning seem to be a, an issue, whether that's because of the rain or, or what it is. Laley had that problem. Island Coast was up on Port Charlotte. They had the same problem. It seems like that even Estero had a little bit of an issue with it, too. It seems like that, you know, not being able to practice outside is starting to hurt these teams a little bit. Well, you make a good point, and it's something we kind of touched on last week about the short summer and school starting earlier this year. So schools only got one week of practice before classes started. Now, that's a big deal because when classes, when school's not going on, kids can come in at 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning, get a practice in. They can practice twice a day. They can lift weights. No, now you can only practice at 2.30, 3.30, whenever school gets out. Now that's also the afternoon, the hottest part of the day when we're getting those uh, southwest Florida rain showers. So I think you're right. Uh, I mean, Dustin, did, did you notice that in any of the games you've seen that uh, you know guys are kind of struggling conditioning-wise? Uh, yeah, and definitely with the Jamboree style, if, if a team was playing a back-to-back game, you would definitely notice the second half there. Uh, and uh, that, that was something that uh, Chuck, Coach Chuck Fawcett uh, brought up that he, he wanted to see improve uh, with Baker. And, you know, they're, they're having their best players go both ways this year. That's something they're going to have to get figured out. One other thing I, I want to mention, Dunbar loaded. I mean, we, we knew they were going to be very good. It's not a surprise per se, but just kind of remind you, I think they might be the best team in uh, Lee County. Anybody want to disagree on that? No, I think it's I think it's pretty clear. Davion Palmer thrown for four touchdowns in the first half. Didn't play, Didn't even play the second. Um, it just goes to show you how deep Dunbar is this year, despite losing Chris Thomas, despite losing Greg Thomas. You know, they're back, and they're here to stay this year. Although, watch out for a team that smoked their opponents in the preseason, a team, a, a line that just got woken up. They're coming for you. East Lee County gets a 42 nothing win over LaBelle. I mean, guys, is East Lee going to go undefeated this year? Uh, that that should be interesting to watch them throughout the year. I, I'm always seeing the social media stuff, you know, getting tagged. Um, 
And it's exciting to see a program like that getting really behind its program like that. And, of course, I'm being facetious. Eastleigh has lost, what, I think 19 straight games. But I did want to give them some love for coming out. Um, last year, now this was last year, they have a new coach in P.J. Gibbs. Last year, Eastleigh scored 18 points all season. All right. Uh, they scored 42 points in the preseason, so that's got to bode well. So, all right, preseason's in the book, guys. It's regular season time. It's time to discuss the games that count. We're going to do that when we come back from this break. Let's go! Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com. And by downloading the Naples Daily News and News Press apps onto your mobile devices. All right, everybody, we are back. We are ready to talk the football that matters. Friday is week one. We have 20 games in the area. Of course, two of those are on Thursday nights. We're going to see that more this year because of a lack of sports officials. Uh, They have to move games to Thursday nights to have enough officials to play them. So we will see that a lot in Lee County. First, before we uh, talk about Friday's games, I do want to mention some news that dropped late Last Friday, the FHSAA finally announced their playoff format for this year as well as their uh, COVID cancellation policy. The playoffs will revert to 2019 where they use the RPI system, the Ratings Percentage Index Ranking. That's a mathematic formula that takes into account your record, your opponent's record, and your opponent's opponent's record. So to reward strength of schedule, district champions get in. But all the at-large berths, that's four per region in the big classes, all six per region in the small classes, those at-large berths are decided by the RPI formula. And also the FHSAA has said that a team that cannot play a game because of a quarantine, so a.k.a. coronavirus, COVID-19, they will not have to forfeit. Um, They are encouraged to uh, remake those games as much as they can or reschedule those games, but that's going to be hard when these teams all have uh, packed schedules. So, uh, Dustin, any thoughts on any of that? I spoke with Cape Coral coach Barry Bowman after the game on Friday, um, and as, as I noted on our previous show, I am definitely have an affinity for uh, Coach Bowman's Texan-ness. He mentioned uh, when I brought this up to him how in Texas, you know, you win, you're in. He, he doesn't mm-hmm. know all about these uh, RPI rankings and all, all that stuff, but he, he did mention he thought it was a good judgment, you know, if... if Two kids on the team get the sickness, as he put it. Uh, the whole team doesn't get punished. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I, I should say that all the coaches I talked to, none of them really had any thoughts because uh, it's like, hey, we do what we're told to do. You know, a coach is worried about practice this afternoon. They're worried about if it's first down, they're worried about second down. You know, they don't they don't care about playoffs. They just know, hey, if we win our district, we're in. We want to win every game. Alex, any anything else to share? Yeah, just reading your story, didn't seem like any of them really cared. No, they were just. They're just focused on, you know, winning in the lead-up to the playoffs. Um, as we know, there was one situation with the RPI where um, in Class 7A, Lehigh won their district title their first in 14 or 15 years at the time. And they were matched up with Venice, who had a higher RPI. Um, I believe Lehigh was under 500 that year. And, of course, you know, Venice put it to them. I, I'm curious as to see, you know, if they didn't seed the district champions one through four, how things would play out given the competitiveness of specific districts, i.e. Venice and theirs at the time and, you know, the lack of competition in Lehigh. Um, But overall, I think, you know, it's good to be back in this RPI system, valuing the strength of schedule for the playoffs. And what that means, let's remind the folks that it used to be only district games count. District games still count towards the district champion, 
but your RPI is based on every single game you play. So if you play a bunch of cupcakes outside your district schedule, that's going to hurt your RPI. If you lose to, say, uh, you know, North Fort Myers or Naples, that's not going to hurt you as much because those teams are very good. So let's get into week one. We, As I said, a slate of 20 games, some really good ones. And guess what, guys? We're going to pick winners at the end, so stay tuned. Dustin, your first week, you're having a lot of firsts, so I'm going to mention it every single time. My, my friend Dustin Levy has a uh, first. This will be his first regular season Friday and Thursday night. Yes. So what are you looking forward to as you look at, at this uh, slate of games? So uh, the first of two games I'll be covering is uh, Lehigh at North on Thursday, and I am really excited about that one. Um, I, I've been excited to get a, a look at Lehigh, uh, see some of those players. But also, uh, given the lopsided nature of that Naples game, I think this is a good game to see where Lehigh is at and even where Naples is at. Are they that good if, you know, Lehigh, you know, shows up and, and beats North? And then, as we mentioned with North, um, is Coach Mack going to be there? There's a lot of things to look for in that game. And, Alex, I think you uh, dug up an interesting nugget about that game. Yeah, this is very interesting. But according to our research, my research, Lehigh and North Fort Myers, the last time they matched up in the regular season or the postseason was on October 29th, 2004. So it's been nearly 17 years since these last two teams played. Um, Lehigh won that game 16-14. to I'm interested to see what the uh, the Lightning do with their, their quarterback situation. Because as I said in the preseason, Daryl Hodge started, played a half. Freshman Dorian Mallory came in and played the entire second half. And, and Chaney had that planned. He planned to play those guys equal amount of time. And I asked him Friday after the game, I said, who are you going to start on Thursday? He said, oh, man, I don't know yet. We'll leave that up to our uh, offensive coordinator to decide. Interesting to keep an eye on that. Uh, Alex, what about you, man? What's what's sticking out about this week one slate? Just picking up on your, uh, your guys' game, North and uh, Lehigh, just really seeing if Lehigh can start fast, if Richard Young can start fast like it seemed like he did in the first quarter against Naples, to see how North responds to that. Can they respond just like they did against Sestero and put up, you know, 40, 41 points or whatever it was? Um, we don't know yet, but this is going to be a competitive game, I think, in the first half on the defensive side. And then from there, you know, there's a couple other games down the stretch. Uh, Elgin Hicks going to his alma mater, going to take on Charlotte. That should be a pretty close game, pretty competitive game, given, you know, their result last week against Port Charlotte. You got Laley taking on Bishop Vero. That'll be Carter Smith's first regular season test after he threw for 160 yards and with two touchdowns in that jamboree format. And then you got Cypress Lake and South Fort Myers. Dustin, welcome to one of the bowl games this year, the Glory Days Bowl, my friend. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the Glory Days Bowl? It is a annual game against Cypress Lake and South Fort Myers. The local Glory Days sponsors this game every year, and they get a trophy with wing uh, with I believe wings on it. If I'm not, mistaken. I hope they're real wings because then, then that's worth <laughs> that's worth winning, man. On a Friday night, I'm, I'm hungry for wings afterwards. Alex, you mentioned Laley at Bishop Rowe. I find that a very interesting matchup. I always love these cross county matchups. I also love when a private school steps up and plays a public school. Because this isn't like Miami, where our private schools are 7A and they recruit kids from all over the, the state. You know, the private schools, for the most part, are smaller programs down here. A week ago, I would have said, you know, I, I think Laley's going to be pretty good this year. I think Bishop Vero might be a little down. Well, Laley didn't look great. They looked great for four minutes against Golf Coast. And Vero, as we mentioned at the top, like, 
beating Baron Collier and Charlotte in, in a half each. I mean, that's impressive. I think that was a, a big statement for Richie Road and company there. It shows that the quote-unquote no-name defense is back. Um, Austin Red, I believe, had a pick. Chris Graves uh, had some stops on the defensive side. Um, and then there was another another pick six there uh, late in the game to seal things. Um, but it just goes to show, Vero reloaded. They got their guys, and you know the big question mark for me in their you know in their small sample size against Baron Collier and Charlotte was the run defense. The one running back for Baron Collier had 51 yards on five carries. Obviously, you don't want to be allowing 10 plus yards a touch. Um, and with Gershom, Greer, and Laley coming to Vero, um, I want to see how they can respond to that running game. Yeah, that's a kid that you and I both like, Gershom Guerrier um, at Laley. And even though Laley didn't score any points for the final, what, uh, 32 minutes of the game, 28 minutes of that game? 44. Uh, There you go. I couldn't do the math that quick. Thank you, my friend. You're still in college. Well, I was in college about three decades ago, so (laughs) I I can't remember things and do math. But Gershom ran for 148 yards, so did very well. Anything else? I mean, Dustin, is there a game on the schedule that you think will be the best game, most competitive game, most entertaining, however however you define that? What do you think the best game will be? See, I, I, I am interested in that Island Coast game. Uh, yeah. Our, our uh, boss, Ed Reed, was at uh, their kickoff classic, and, uh, you know, apparently Kelton Henderson had a game for himself, and he, he's an exciting player. Uh, see if uh, they can get it done there. Picking up on that, I I want to see if Island Coast can put together four quarters. Um, we knew they they had a really strong first half, partially good third quarter, and then Port Charlotte was just as Jordan Ingman said the the quote unquote last team standing because Island Coast was gassed. I want to see how they can uh, see how they can respond. But also one of the games we're not picking this week. I'm really interested in is uh, Baron Collier in Sarasota. Uh, the Cougars making. The trip up to Sarasota County to take on the Sailors. I want to see how they look in four quarters of play. Guys, we forgot about the newest rivalry in the area. Alex, I think you mentioned it uh, in the first segment, but Gateway Charter at Gateway High School. Gateway this Bowl. Is, this is the uh, the Le- uh, the Lee County version of the Battle for the Gate. Of course, the Battle for the Gate is Golden Gate in uh, in Naples there between Palmetto Ridge and Golden Gate, but a new Gateway battle, and I think we uh, all think uh, Gateway High can win their first ever varsity game, right? Uh, I mean, I- we'll pick later. I'm not asking you to pick, <laughs> but I would think they would have the advantage. Yeah, I mean, based on uh, what they did in the spring and uh, what they did last, last week, uh, it's definitely possible. I think it should be a good game for years to come as well. I think, you know, Gateway will have, I mean, mind you, this is a team that has no seniors. Yep. And they, they hung with Mariner for four quarters. Um, it'll be really intriguing to see the development from Colin O'Brien and his players for the next few years. I think it's intriguing to see what will happen to Gateway Charter now that there's a large public school out there that has the resources of the of the county. I've heard people associated with Gateway Charter say this Gateway High may be I don't want to be too dramatic, but it could be the death of the program. I mean, if you're playing football at Gateway Charter, you know, wouldn't you want to go step up to a big school that's playing the big public counties? Exactly. And, you know, that and just new school, new resources, new facilities. I mean, that was the same thing when Benita opened five miles from Estero. I mean, Estero moved down in class. Benita, with, with everything new, everybody was just going there. That is a great segue into the last game I do want to mention, Community School at Bonita Springs. I said before, I like these cross-county matchups. I like these public-private uh, fights. CSN is, if this would have been last year, this would have been a really good game. But um, CSN, I think, they lost a lot of talent from last year. They lost in the preseason 36-14, uh, to 
six, something around there, mm-hmm. to a, another private school. Um, Bonita Springs, a team with a Rich Don Browski that has kind of started to establish itself, started to win some games. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on just to see if it will be close. So, all right, guys, let's take another break. And when we come back, it's going to be our first pick segment of the year, our first pick segment with three people. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come on back. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. Go. All right, everybody. Welcome back into your favorite segment of the podcast. It is our picks segment. It is where we decide or declare the winners, at least who we think they will be, of the football games in our area. We pick 10 games each week. Of course, the past three years, it has been me versus Adam Regan, that turncoat who is no longer in sports. Uh, last year was not pretty for me. Um, Regan got a, a lead early, and I felt I had to make up some ground, so I started you know, kind of reaching outside myself. Adam Regan went 92-17. and 17. In his picks, great percentage there. Adam Fisher was 82 and 27, lost by 10 games to Regan. So good riddance to him. I'm glad he's out of here so I can school these young pups in our picks. This will be Dustin's maiden voyage, so you guys can all yell at him on Twitter and tell him how stupid he is, Please. like you do with us. Yeah. And, so and just a forewarning. I'm, I'm still learning about the teams here. I haven't seen most of them, so. Uh, some of these games, I might just be like, you know what? I like that mascot better. So No, no, no. I, I want you to own these picks. I want, I want to hear that confidence from you. I don't want you hedging your bets. So let's get into it. The first uh, game, two teams we haven't talked about too much yet, but I think it'll be a close game. It is a cross-county matchup. you got Cape Coral going to Golden Gate. Golden Gate looks pretty good in the preseason. They had that new transfer running back, Tyler Coleman, who ran for over 100 yards. Alex, I'm going to start with you. Cape Coral at Golden Gate. Who you got? I think this is going to be a statement game for Tyler Coleman, as you mentioned. I think he's probably going to get close to the 200-yard mark here. Um, Cape's still you know, trying to put things together. Uh, I think Golden Gate wins this one handily. Dustin, your thoughts? So um, getting the chance to see Cape, I like their fight. They definitely have a good defense. Uh, they got blanked in three quarters, but uh, you know, kept fighting and, and eventually scored against Fort Myers. That said, I'm going to go with Golden Gate. Golden Gate. And I, too, will pick Golden Gate. I just think they got a little more speed. Again, Tyler Coleman is a game changer there in the backfield. Another game I think we all think is going to be close, a Cape Coral showdown. Mariner at Ida Baker. Dustin, I believe you saw Ida Baker last week or in the – Yes, I did, and you know it was it was great to get a, a chance to see that defense. Uh, Zach Malpica is a heat-seeking missile, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Baker. Alex, your thoughts? This might be one of the more closer games yeah. on paper and whatnot. I I have it as a touchdown game either way here, but I think Ida Baker with Sebastian Grafmeyer out wide. I think just. The fact that Ida Baker has more depth. I mean, Josh Nicholson in his interview said, I'll ride or die with those 29 guys out there. I mean, 29 guys is not, yeah. you know, it's not enough, I don't think. And for with, a 5A school, that's tough. For a 5A, and with, they had four, they did have four starters out. Give them that. I think Baker here, it'll be a, a close one. It'll be a rivalry game. Give me the Bulldogs. And I hate to do it because I, I always hated when Regan and I would pick the exact same things. But I'm also taking Baker. And as I'm looking down our list, I think we're going to have a lot of similar picks here. So we we got we to gotta try to mix it up. I may try and pick some things just to be different, but that's how I get in trouble. That's how I lose by 10 games to Adam Regan. The next one, the uh, the Lee County battle for the gate, the battle for gateway, the gateway showdown. 
Gateway Charter at Gateway High School. The first ever regular season game for Gateway High. Is that correct? Am I right on that? It will be. All right. So, Dustin, who you got? And this is in your neck of the woods, not to blow you up, but uh, <laughs> these are your neighbors. Just seeing the fact that Gateway took down SFCA in the spring, they, they hung with Mariner, I, I think uh, they have my confidence. So you're picking Gateway High. Correct. One of the more games I'm really I'm torn on, the only thing that gives me pause about Gateway is just the first regular season game, potential jitters, Gateway Charter, you know, they won a – playoff game last year against the two-time defending SSAC champion in Canterbury. This one, I mean, three points either way, field goal game. But I think uh, Gateway will get this one done in, in closing time. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Emotions will be running high because this is at Gateway High School. This is the first home game while school is in session. Last year, these kids were taking classes uh, on the campus of Lehigh. So they're in their own building. They're in their own weight room. They're in their own locker room. So there is that potential for a letdown. But I, too, am taking Gateway High School, a game that I mentioned before, community school at Bonita Springs. Um, someone tell me, what did Bonita Springs do in the preseason? I, I can't remember. Bonita Springs took on Golden Gate, 31-14 That's right. loss. That's right. It was close. Uh, I think Bonita Springs even led early, and then Golden Gate kind of owned the second half. Um, Rich Dombrowski has been coming up with these uh, these kids for, I think this is his fifth year now. Wasn't last year the first four-year class? Am I accurate on that? I believe so. Okay. And CSN, a team that was one of the biggest storylines in Southwest Florida last year. They went from being 1-8 and eight to being 9-1 and one, or 9-2, and two, whatever it was. But, again, they lost some talent. This is uh, a game that they're going on the road against a bigger school. Alex, do you think a community school can hang with the Bull Sharks? <sighs> I want to say yes, but at the same time, I want to say no. It just feels so weird for a team to go 9-1 and one in the regular season to have such a huge drop-off as we expect them to. Mm-hmm. Benita Springs is still you know, making strides here and there. Um, one of the Probably going to be one of the closer games, I, in my opinion. Um, but give me the home team here. I think Benita Springs will get it done at home. And for the reasons I mentioned before, I also will take Benita Springs. I think CSN is just kind of trying to bounce back so far. Dustin, what about you? See, I, I think teams that know how to win can find a way to win. So I am going to go with CSN here. Oh, the first first limb for, for Dustin. First going out on a limb. I like it. Uh, how about, let's stick with you, Riverdale at Fort Myers. You saw Fort Myers last week. We liked the offense uh, there with Cameron Esposito winging that ball around. Do you think Riverdale can hang with them? Yeah, that's going to be a tall task. Um, they, they did uh, last season in a, a close high-scoring game, but Riverdale coming off uh, the, uh, the COVID shutdown, uh, that's that's going to be too tough for them. So I'm going with Fort Myers. That's going to be interesting this season to keep track of, just uh, not only if you have to miss a game for a shutdown, but then how does that affect you the rest of the year? Because you can't practice. You know, they can't be out there practicing conditioning unless you're at home by yourself. So Riverdale missed their uh, preseason game last week because of a shutdown. Dustin is taking Fort Myers. I am also taking Fort Myers. Alex, what say you? If this if this game's happening like it did last year towards the end of the season, I think Riverdale has a shot here. But coming off a of COVID pause, you know, Fort Myers having, you know, at least a game of experience under their belt. This one of all the games may have running clock potential because of that. I think Riverdale gets out of the gate slow like North did. Um, give me the greenies. Next up, let's go down to Collier County Golf Coast at Naples High. Let me point out, last year in week one, Naples High took on a Collier County opponent that had never beaten them in the history of the universe. And what happened? They lost badly to Palmetto Ridge. 
This week in week one, they play a team that's never beaten them in the history of the universe. Gulf Coast is 0-21 since opening in 1998 against Naples High. Do we think that Gulf Coast can pull this upset? Since this is my game I'm covering, I will go first. I say no. That Naples defense is just too nasty. Connor Barrett looked very good in the preseason for Gulf Coast. They're at quarterback, but I'm telling you, this Naples defense is what we're used to seeing from a Naples defense. So, Alex, what about you? If Connor Barrett had a little bit more help around him in terms of athletic weapons, I think they might have a shot to compete within the ha- within a half here. But I think Naples, like you mentioned, until someone st- until someone can find a way to stop that that veer option run defense can on a week-to-week basis the golden eagles are pretty much going to be virtually unbeatable this year dustin yeah i'm not going to disagree with you guys uh going with naples definitely uh what they did to to lehigh was it was eye-opening glory days bowl who's eating those chicken wings afterwards we got cypress lake at south fort myers we did not see much of south fort myers in the preseason their game was called early due to weather i don't know if they started or what but it was called zero zero so no one scored dustin do you think cypress lake can hang with south fort myers because i know that they uh, are kind of rebuilding under a new coach they lost their quarterback jd sherrod from last year uh what will we see from the panthers i'm not sure what to expect there coach mendez uh was hired after uh coach road uh, went over to Varro. that's one i'm not too sure about but i, I think i'm gonna go with south eating those chicken wings the one thing that might keep Cypress in it close is the fact that North didn't play a game last week. But just given the result of Cypress, you know, only being able to put up seven against Dunbar, which for some teams is, you know, that's good because Dunbar's defense is very talented. Um, I think Nathan Castor will get the season started in his trek to 2,000 yards, like your big 15 feature, Adam. That's what he said. He said he's going for 2,000. I think he's going to really make a statement here in the opening game. So you mentioned Dunbar. Let's go to them. What I we, we should have mentioned this before. This might be the game of the week. You got Dunbar at Port Charlotte. Port Charlotte is really, really built a great program under Jordan Ingman. He's almost a, a Bill Kramer disciple, where he's very tight with them. He's built the program in a similar way. Consistency. Worried more about building solid, quality young men than he is building a football team. And because of that, they've they come to love each other. They play as a team. They've been very good in recent years. Dunbar. Very, very talented, very fast, probably got a ton more speed than Port Charlotte. I'll go first just for funsies. I'm going to take Dunbar just because I think they're going to be the best team in Lee County, at least right now. I think Port Charlotte has a big advantage being at home, and it's a road trip. But just I'll take the talent of Dunbar. Alex, what about you? If Alex Perry for Port Charlotte stays at Port Charlotte instead of transferring to Venice this year, 6'6 wide receiver, I think this game would be pretty close for maybe Port Charlotte eking out a win here. But Dunbar's depth on defense, it's its virtually unmatched. Maybe Naples the lone exception of, you know, competitive, talented defenses. Um, but I got to go with the Tigers here. Davion Palmer throwing for four touchdowns in the first half. I think just this offense is rolling going into week one, and I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to let up. Dustin, do you disagree? So I do not disagree. I did get a chance to see Port Charlotte in the spring, and I, I was impressed. They, they played a fantastic game against North uh, where they came up just short in overtime. But, uh, you know, D- Dunbar, you know, they, they had some expectations for their, their third-year quarterback in Palmer, and I, I think he's going to live up to them. So let's bounce up to Lee County, the, the cross-county game we mentioned before, another public-private, Laley at Bishop Verreau, obviously the game at Bishop Verreau, that's a big advantage. But I'm going to start with you, Alex, because you know most about Bishop Verreau. Tell me uh, who's going to win and why. Right now, I mean, I got I got Bishop Verreau. The last year this I was at the game, it wasn't close. It was 42 nothing. 
Ger- Gershom Guerrier was the highlight of the, of the game for Laley running for 75 yards, but man, that Vero defense held JJ Durvel, JJ Durvel in check. Um, it, it wasn't, I mean, the game was, it looked like men amongst boys out there. Um, Malik Curtis had four catches for 115 and three touchdowns. I think Chris Graves has a chance to put up those same numbers against the Trojans this week. I think Vero by three scores. Oh, uh, Dustin, how about you? I don't know by three scores, but I'm also going to go with Vero. I'm interested to see how freshman quarterback uh, Carter Smith performs and uh, be on the lookout for a story I have coming out this week on the uh, underclassman to watch. He might appear on that list. Teaser. I like it. Uh, so as I said, I think this will be close, much closer than Alex believes it will be. And because of that, I think the Trojans have a fighting chance. I think that the Trojans probably have more speed. I realize they got their butt whipped last year, but Bishop Vero is not as good as they were last year. You're still good. Vikings fans, don't get mad. You're notoriously a, uh, a loud bunch when someone disrespects you. But I'm going to take Laley just for fun to mix it up so we have at least two different picks. And then our game of the week, two Lee County heavyweights, which apparently have not played in, what we say, 17 years. Lehigh at North Fort Myers. Dustin, you're covering this game. I'm, su- I'm sure you've looked at it plenty Tell us what to look for and who's going to win. Yeah, uh, I think something to look for is uh, depth on, on both sides of the ball. I know that's, uh, you know, Lehigh has some of their best players going both ways because of a lack of depth. And, and I think North, you know, coaches were saying this is one of the most athletic teams they've ever seen. It might be a younger team. A lot of their seniors graduated. But I definitely think big factor here will be the transfers at North, both Somerset, Scotty Olean. And so, uh, with all that said, I think that makes me lean toward North. And for you, Alex? Yeah, this is just thinking about the potential this Lehigh team has. If they don't turn the ball over four times against Naples, I think it's a one-score game in favor of Naples. If they can keep the ball, if they can take care of the ball, I think this is a close game. But just knowing Lehigh and just seeing them for, you know, a year or two now you know they make some miscues at the most inopportune times I believe they had you know they had a horrible first series last year when I watched them play against Fort Myers until Lehigh can prove me otherwise I got to go with North you know I agree with everything you just said there and I really want to pick uh, Lehigh because I think they're just such a funny team where they will look so bad one week and they'll just come out and put it all together the next but with that quarterback uh, position uncertain you're either having a kid that just got there or a freshman kid who's a ninth grader obviously it's too uncertain, so I'm going to take North Fort Myers. So there you have it. Ten games picked. Only two of us differed on any picks. Dustin's got CSN over Benita Springs. I have Laley over Bishop Verreau. Everything else is all the same. So I want you guys to check us out online. Go to news-press.com sports or go to naplesnews.com sports. We have previews of every single game. We have coverage of every single game. We've got rankings. We've got videos. We've got volleyball rankings. So much content this year. It's going to blow your minds. And please subscribe. That helps uh, keep us all employed. So, uh, Alex, where can we follow you on Twitter or Instagram, wherever? You can follow me on Twitter at NP underscore Alex Martin. But the man right here, Adam Fisher, the only rankings in Southwest Florida you're going to want to care about this year. And those will come out next year, our first football poll. We do have volleyball rankings up from, from my man, Alex Martin. Dustin, where can we follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Dustin B. Levy. 
And, of course, I am NDN underscore Adam on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games. One, two, three.